Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of the ActorCast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed the show thus far. It's been great hearing your thoughts, hearing what you think about the ActorCast podcast. If you are new here, head over to ActorCast.fm and sign up for our newsletter so that you get the latest and greatest information when it comes to upcoming guests, showcases, as well as many other things. So be sure to head to actorcast.fm, sign up for that newsletter. Also, if you are interested in signing up to become a member of the ActorCast community, if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, I want more information, go to the membership page at actorcast.fm where you'll find all the information as to exclusive content that you can get if you sign up to become a member of ActorCast. This includes bonus episodes, it includes access to our private online community, as well as many other features. So head to ActorCast.fm on our membership page to learn more. So for today's episode, we have a great guest joining us today. His name is Brian Witzkowski, and Oh my gosh, this is such an important episode for all of you actors tuning in today. I think that as actors, we always get into this mindset that pursuing the craft of acting is a struggle, that it's hard, that we are going to be a starving artist for the rest of our lives. However, this is simply just a mindset, and we don't have to have this kind of mindset when we are pursuing our craft. And Brian specializes in talking about this. He has started a company called The Lucrative Artist, where he offers boutique business coaching services designed to accomplish artists doing what work they are most meant to do. Brian comes from a very artistic background, working as a professional classical singer, actor, voice teacher, and educator. And now he is helping his fellow artists to achieve a sustainable and wealthy career. He facilitates workshops. He's a sought after speaker. He coaches and he offers artists masterclasses and seminars in authenticity, financial empowerment, and leadership. There is so much great and valuable insight packed into this episode, and Brian had the opportunity to answer a variety of questions when it comes to overcoming the mentality of the starving artist, why money should be important for artists, what the best things actors can do to improve their finances and make them a priority, and also discussing ways in which we can create sustainable careers for ourselves. I think that you will all really enjoy this episode a lot. Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave me a review. Please let me know your thoughts. I would love to hear what you think of this episode, being an actor, being an artist yourself. So without further ado, let's please introduce today's guest of ActorCast, Brian Witzkowski. Thank you. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Actor Cast. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. His name is Brian Witzkowski. Brian, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure I, to be here. I'm very excited. We had the opportunity to connect. I guess it, it might have been a month or two ago at this point. Time just like flies by. And I'm very inspired by the work that you're doing. You found a company called The Lucrative Artists, and you're helping artists really to gain a deeper knowledge and insight of what it means to run their own business. On your website, you ask the question, uh, are you ready to be your own artistic director? And I think these are really important questions for, for actors and artists in general to be asking themselves because at the end of the day, when you are an artist, you are in a lot of ways an entrepreneur running your own business. And I think a lot of artists don't necessarily have that mindset. I think, I know I'm guilty of this as well when I first got started that, you know, I have this mentality that I just want to create art and what, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think it's important to have a specific business strategy to what you are doing. So, we had some great questions come in from our listeners, so I'll be excited to, to dive into them. Yeah. So basically, I decided to call it the lucrative artist because let's go against the starving artist mindset that basically, you know, takes over so many of our minds. We romanticize this, you know, art for art's sake idea and always makes me want to pose the question like, you know, does anybody give a world class performance because they're motivated by being literally starving, you know, or does anybody actually, you know, get the results they want to get because they're, you know, just forcing themselves to live, you know, poor life and so forth. And they're not trying to, you know, actually get up. And then there's the other fact is that, you know, we do live in a competitive world, but we can still create our own opportunities and create our own, you know, abundance, you know, and, and make the money, you know, doing our own thing. We don't have to necessarily wait for somebody to hire us. There's so much people out there looking to be served, to be entertained or whatever. Billions of people in the world. There's always more opportunities we can create. But sometimes we get stuck in that mentality of thinking we can only do the cattle call auditions and audition for the same thing over and over and over. And before you know it, you're only doing the same shows for less and less money, it feels like, and you're not making the living you actually want to make. So really love helping people get into that self-empowered perspective and realize, okay, what can I do without necessarily needing to rely solely on the way they trained us to rely on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you, you make so many great points. And th this is something that, that through my career, I've come to realize as well. I think, the, and, and a lot of times with the research I've done, or in, at least in, in the past few years, it seems like a lot of actors tend to get work now through creating their own work first through creating whether it's a play or a web series or maybe something on social media that then gets the attention of directors and casting directors. And so I feel like, especially in this age of technology and social media, we're starting to see an increase in the, the value of creating your own work, of creating your own opportunities. So I'll be very excited to, to kind of dive into the details from your perspective on that today. Yeah, definitely. Like build your own audience. We got, we're too focused on just getting hired, but you know, if you cultivate your own audience, you get people to follow you and so forth. Like one, I haven't, the people like I've been all over the country studying, performing and so forth. And like, for example, I've always I've usually had a church gig for, and there are people from there where I've sung as a soloist. They love me. I didn't lose them because I'm suddenly, you know, doing something else. Like your audience stays with you forever. They want to keep seeing you progress and get better. So it's, you know, it's a win-win situation. You're not competing with anybody else. It's still your audience and they still love you. 
Yes. Uh, that's actually, that's a really great way of putting it because I feel like sometimes we, whether we create a work or we perform, it's sometimes easy to forget about that audience that we're so focused on either the project in the moment that we're working on, or I think what's even more common is that we're so focused on the next thing, like, oh, okay, what's going to be next to get myself forward to, to progress in, in my career. But I think you make a really good point that not, not enough of us stop and reflect of like, oh, okay, I have this audience right here who's, who cares about me, who cares about my career. How can I figure out ways to, I guess, serve them, to serve them in the best way possible through my art? Yeah. And sometimes that's where the most money can come faster in some ways, as far as, you know, getting a good patronage built up. Where, and meanwhile, like another thing I've noticed during my years, I've, I've done shows just for the sake of doing shows thinking I need to have X number of lines on the resume or I'm a failure. And that, you know, ideology still, you know, permeates a, across so many of us. And, you know, one, I think, blessing with the COVID situation is that like the emperor has no clothes, you know, all those supposed rules and, you know, things you're supposed to follow to supposedly make it like, you know, it's all it's we all have a clean slate now. Yes, very, very well said. So with that said, I would love to go into our first question. I always try to arrange these questions so that it makes for a, a, a nice flow of the conversation. So we'll start with this first one. It's, it's a, a little more personal and specific to you. It's well, what made you make the jump from pursuing the arts full time to helping other artists on the business end of things? Yeah, well, basically there's the reality of the way you know we're trained you know there's just literally not always going to be enough work you know the way the, the one way to go about getting work we have to be able to you know do something else and a lot of things a lot of times people don't necessarily want to make you know 100 of their income and solely get rich strictly off performing on stage or singing you know that could actually get tiresome and get burnt out and you end up doing it not for the right reasons and too often we you know go for taking the first gig we can get for the sake of taking the first gig we can get and are we doing really what we want? You know, I was asking myself, like, I, I had a point where like, okay, I'm finally doing a role I dream of. Then the next role I, I did was not one I really dreamed of at all, but I just thought I needed to say yes to the next gig. And I just found myself totally miserable. Plus it didn't pay anything and, or pay close enough to make it worth my time. So part of it's like, there's so many things where, you know, you get lost kind of, you know, you get burnt out trying to do the exact same traditional pathways. And there's so many other people who need help and, you know, a lot of times if you want, we want day jobs that at least, you know, or other kinds of work that supplement and serve our artistry. And this is one way where a lot of artists need service. And basically I originally looked into becoming a university professor and I kind of, the way the university professor world is, there's not enough jobs to go around for all the people graduating doctorates. So what's not being taught? And this is the kind of a lot of work that people are not being taught. They still need to learn. They still need help with, you know, being an entrepreneur is not a, you take a class and suddenly you're an entrepreneur and you're, you know, set for life. It's a, it's just like your voice and your voice lessons, you're growing and you're, you know, getting better and better and, you know, finding more, more ways to, you know, grow your business, to get new ideas and, you know, get your mindset ready for that next level of growth. Yeah. You bring up some really good points that I think our, our listeners make sure you write these down. I think it's so important that I, and so, so many of the, the casting directors and directors that I've talked to when going out on, on auditions, they always are very interested in what you're doing outside of the industry. And they always recommend too, that you have something outside of the industry, because like you said, if, if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, 
you know, I guess the, the, you know, people might see that as a positive because it's like, oh, okay, I'm 100% committed to my craft. But on the, the flip side of that, though, is that you are dependent on external circumstances that are really outside of your control. Whereas you, if you have the opportunity to develop some sort of side business, or perhaps it's working a job that you're very passionate about while pursuing your craft, it's going to give you so much more dimensionality as a person that you'll then be able to bring your full self forward in a new and unique way to your craft that you might not have been able to do otherwise. And so I think it really is kind of this balancing act between figuring out ways to, yes, work on your craft to serve your craft, but then also to serve yourself as a human being, because you want to make sure that it's sustainable in the long run. Yeah. And one thing is like, even if you're working a job that people might, you know, call a muggle job or shame or not think it's, you know, highly of you for doing that job, that still informs you as an artist. And there is, you know, there's growth from there you can possibly have. And one thing I also advise people is like, if you're working a job, like one thing I have, like the first time I did the show Les Mis, it was a community theater production. And so it wasn't anything that glamorous, but I, is at the time I had a salary job so I could afford to do this gig that was otherwise for free, you know? And basically that allowed me to actually, you know, get one of those dreams off my bucket list. And that gave me some artistic growth I otherwise would not have had, as well as professional growth that I wouldn't have had because I made voice students out of that. And I met other professional industry connections. So even, you know, if you can afford to take on those opportunities, there is, you know, there is good to be had if you're willing to look out for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, it's a very important perspective to have. And the, this next question kind of goes back to what we, we first touched upon in the very beginning of our conversation. It's how, how can we as artists overcome the mentality of the starving artists? Why do so many artists see this sort of mentality as virtuous and feel like they need to suffer for their art? Yeah. Part of it's, you know, we're all of our friends are broke or it seems like it, you know, we kind of hang around the same people. We kind of, we don't necessarily hang around other people who are making more. So it's kind of a, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy race to the bottom kind of mindset that kind of takes over a little bit. And like one thing, one book that I reference a lot that I talk about with my clients, it's the science of getting rich by Wallace D Waddles. Highly recommend checking it out. It's there, there's different things in it that might offend anybody on any side of the political aisle, but at the same time, there's a lot of universal truths in it. And the first chapter it talks, um, basically the first opening line is whatever may be said in the praise of poverty, the fact remains that it's not possible to live a complete and successful life unless one is rich. And by rich don't necessarily mean have millions, but just have enough so that you're not poor and you're able to do the things where you can actually be the fullest expression of yourself. And we have to not be afraid to try and be that and get into that you know, position so that we can really put on the best show we can because how many roles out there are, are there where you actually are being a homeless person who's starving and you can put on that good method acting performance? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, this, Brian, this is so important and why I was so excited to have you on the show today. I think that topics around money and finance, I think sometimes for artists can be touchy issues because so many are really struggling when it, when it comes to, you know, those, those things. And, when we have a a mindset though that that okay money isn't a bad thing that money in a lot of ways gives us more opportunities to uh, pursue our craft more fully if we have that sort of mindset i think it really allows us to 
to shift how we approach our creativity and our art in a way that will be very beneficial down the road. Definitely. And one thing I also like to point out is like, there's a reason the word health rhymes with wealth. You know, you can't make yourself sick enough to make, you know, sick people healthy. You can't make yourself poor enough to make poor people wealthy. You know, it all comes from within in the end. And, you know, the more you can grow, the more wealth you can build on your own, the more you can help lift others up. And even if you're competing against one of your friends or someone you actually know who didn't get the job and you got the job, so you got the paycheck and they didn't, there's still another opportunity that other person, you have to have faith that they will find that other opportunity. And we can't think that it's a zero sum game, you know, money is kind of a renewable resource in a lot of ways. And there's always more to be had. It's not something where it's spent and it's gone and that's it. It's not a finite thing. Yeah. And, and do you think that for the artists tuning in, do you think the biggest thing is altering their mindset around money for those art, uh, artists, actors who are tuning into this episode, who are thinking, well, yeah, of course I would love all the money in the world, but it's, it's very difficult out there to, to, I guess, attract that wealth into my life as I'm trying to pursue acting or, or music, whatever it may be. How can our listeners or fellow artists start to get into that sort of mindset to be able to achieve some sort of wealth in their lives? Yeah, I think one step is to really think, what do you actually want to do? What is your, if you were to tap into your truest authenticity, what kind of, you know, what is the fullest expression of you as an artist? You know, pursue those opportunities because that will become, that'll, you know, turn into more opportunities where you're finding more opportunities to get the wealth and make money as a as opposed to just taking on the first show you can for the sake of the first show you can get where you're not going to necessarily be as fulfilled and you're not going to necessarily, you're going to be in, you know, a scarcity mindset as opposed to an abundance mindset. Yeah. You, you made so many good points that I think sometimes because it, it really is like the, like you're just reminding me so much of how much of this is a mindset thing, because if we see the, entertainment industry as this super highly competitive industry where we have to sweat and bleed in order to get what we want, then that exactly what you said, that scarcity mindset really starts to set in and tears us away from more of an abundant mindset where we have this more of a mentality to create and collaborate and to make our own opportunities and to really fall in line with, as you were saying, with what we want to do in order to achieve some form of financial security for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And one interesting thing I like to point, I've realized and I point out is that like a lot of, for a lot of us, our decision to become actors or to major in theater or whatever, that original decision might've been the only authentic decision we actually made. Everything else might just be, you know, something else to reinforce that original decision. So we're, you know, just taking on the first show we can get. We're doing what this teacher said. We're doing what somebody else said, but we're not thinking about what is we really want within. So we can't be afraid to really go that direction and explore that. And then the more you do what you look into what you love, you'll realize more opportunities because it's what you want. And yes. Then and then have faith that the money will eventually work its way to you in the right opportunity or something related to it will come out of it. Oh, it's just, so know, important. Yeah. So 
I guess to to go off of that, this next question is a, a little bit more simplistic. I think in some ways we've answered it, but perhaps you might have a, a way to elaborate on it. This next question is, why should money be important for artists? The more you have, the more expression of the true artist within you can be. You know, they're just, you know, there's only so much upside to not having enough and being that, you know, starving artist, you know, you can only go so far. But the more, you know, at least secure you are personally, you know, the more you have food, clothing and shelter, you're living a good, healthy, sustainable life, the better you can afford to really, you know, tap into the true inner artist and, you know, put out better artistry. Yeah, I think that to go off what you said before, money is a, a tool that we're able to use yeah. to, to pursue our art, to pursue our craft to the fullest. Yeah. And obviously, I guess the more of that tool that we have, the more potential we have to be able to, to pursue the things that we want. Definitely. And if we, the more we can have like the free and unrestricted use of things, as this author wrote in the book, which that'll help you, you know, more fully explore all your mental, spiritual and physical unfoldment and basically have more of the life you actually want to have and, you know, keep on growing. Yeah. And it's kind of like we live in an expansionary universe and we got to think of ourselves as, you know, expansionary universes too, as far as growing in what we can do, what we get, what we can offer the world. And the more we have, the more it's actually, you know, working capital or just, you know, intellectual capital, whatever it is, the more wealth we have, the more power we have to do, be more and have the greater impact the world needs for each and every one of us to have. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like jiving with everything that you're saying right now. I absolutely agree. And w with regards to the next question, this kind of ties in nicely. It's what, what are the best thing actors or artists in general can do to improve their finances and make it a priority. I guess maybe just a, a couple things, whether it's tips or, or whatever it may be, that will allow them to, to make finances more of a priority than perhaps they might have been. Yeah, I would say um, I'm not a certified financial planner, so I always I, I work on money mindset, but so that's not you know actual financial advice that I give. But one tip that I point people to is like if you're worried about your student loans, you know, make sure you're, if you're not making. A certified financial planner once said, if, you're, if your total gross income is not going to be at least 1.5 times the loan balance, you may as well make sure you're in the income-driven repayment plan and not stress over it. And one thing is we do, sometimes we let the hysteria of our student loan debt and other debt kind of overtake our mentality. And we think we're enslaved to that debt and we let it rule our lives when there are tools, there are options out there we can look into. So it doesn't have to have that kind of gross, you know, excessive, you know, force on us and take us away from thinking, you know, what else we can do. So that's one tip I usually give people. And another is um, just get in the habit of saving, you know, a certain percentage every month, putting it away, you know, try and spend like ideally only $7 out of every 10 you make. And then with the other 10, 30%, put 10% into an investment account, like your retirement account, another 10% you give to charity or donate to help other people. And then use the other 10% as working capital to keep on growing yourself in your business or in your acting. You know, just make that a habit that way, you know, and whether it be paying off the debt or paying off other stuff, keep all that in that 70% and always have extra left over. And then you'll realize you have a good nest egg growing and you're also growing yourself. Yeah, I think a lot of that goes to back to the mindset of what you were talking about, that if actors and artists could get into the mindset of setting aside money for 
their future because in in the present that could be a very difficult thing to do for a lot of people where they tend to oftentimes spend as much as they have or sometimes spend more than they have but if they could get into that mindset uh, to go off what you were saying that okay this is what i'm setting aside an investment in my future for my future self and then not only that but then be able to get into the habit of doing it i think really once we get into the habit of doing something and make it almost that it's pretty much automatic, it becomes much easier to be able to do all those things. Yeah. And also just getting that charitable habit too. You know, it's easier to give $10 out of a hundred today than it is to give a hundred thousand dollars out of a million tomorrow. So, you know, start when the, the amounts are small and then just trust that, you know, that money is going to come back to you in greater ways. Karma works and, you know, the abundance, you know, keeps on circulating back to us all. Yes. Yes. To go off of that as well is what are some sustainable ways for artists to earn money while pursuing their artistic dreams? Yeah, there's, you know, if all else fails, you know, if you're desperate for cash, if you have a vehicle or something, there's always the Uber and the deliveries and stuff. It doesn't pay a lot, but, you know, it's something where if you have nothing else to do at the moment and you're that it's, it's something. And some people, you know, if you, if you strategize, if you're in the right kind of city, you can make a decent living doing that and still have all the freedom you need, you know, to do with the acting and stuff. And that sometimes can be a challenge too, is just, you know, finding flexible work. And, but otherwise, if you're, you know, there's websites like upwork.com, Fiverr and so forth. There's, there are opportunities where you can, you know, get paid to do different kinds of work for different kinds of people on your own schedule. So those opportunities out there. And then otherwise think of, you know, products or services you can take that you ha- you can offer yourself using your own expertise as an actor or as an educator, as a mentor. There's always someone for whom you can offer and be of value to and be of service and they can reward you handsomely for it if you're willing to look into it. And that's one thing I love helping clients figure out is like, what are your strengths? What are you good at? What would pe- somebody pay you for? And, you know, what kind of service, you know, could you do if you don't get the actual job you were trained for right away? There's so much more we can do than what we think. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point for our listeners and for our our actors tuning in is that, and this was something that in a lot of ways struck me like a bolt of lightning when I first realized it, is that we, we get so accustomed to what we're learning, whether it's training as an actor, as a musician, we, we get so accustomed to what the craft is that we don't realize all the other worldly skills and skill sets that we're learning that could then be applied to different industries. And we begin to realize that, or we don't realize how much we actually know and how much we could be of service to a wide variety of different types of people. So I, I really love how you were, you were saying that it's really a matter of looking inward and figuring out, okay, what, what skills do I have? What skills have I developed that might have been in the framework of an artistic pursuit, but that I could take that framework elsewhere and use to, to make myself an income. Yeah. And don't be afraid to put yourself out there too. Like just yesterday, I just randomly shared my LinkedIn profile linked on, on Twitter just for the heck of it in response to somebody who some stranger, I have no idea who was looking for an idea, an example of a LinkedIn profile. And then some other random person messaged me and asked me if I can help them with their English um, presentation you know, cause they're, they're from another country, they're moving to America, they don't know how to do public speaking in America. So it's like, okay, sure, I'll be happy to help you where I can. You know, you never know what opportunities could come out. So, you know, be open to them. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. 
This next question, and I, I guess kind of goes along with this as well. So, you know, we're, we're talking about, okay, how can artists look inward and figuring out their skill set to be able to, to help other people. So the, this next question is, how can an artist make themselves valuable? And I guess to word this in a different way, since we kind of covered how artists can look inward to find their value, how can artists make themselves valuable or appear valuable to the marketplace in a way that might be outside of their artistry, in a way that might make it attractive, like for example, in your situation, that might make it attractive for for someone who's outside the arts to be like, oh, okay, this person has this skill set. Let me let me hire them to, to help me with this. Yeah, partly it's just got to think, um, you know, what return on investment you can offer someone, and really depending on the service, you can put any kind of price on it. If you think of it from that perspective, from the results, you know, if I'm going to help somebody do something that's going to position them to get a job or do something else to make that amount of money, you can charge almost whatever you want that's you know less than whatever they could theoretically make. You know, it's a good mindset to have. Or like even like teaching voice lessons, for example, I have a lot of clients who are voice teachers and you know the lifetime value that students get taking voice lessons, it's infinite. You can't really put an actual price on it. And yet we have the mindset where we think we're buying pineapples when, you know, when we're paying for teacher's time, it's not really what it is. You're really paying a package of a lot of things all in one. So. You know, don't think that of yourself as a commodity. Think of yourself as you have a lot to offer. You're not just selling your actual skill and knowledge. You're also selling the relationship or any relationships you could foster. You're selling, you know, other insights that are unique that you have that other people may not have. So there's a lot that goes into it as opposed to just, you know, one little, you know, trade or job or whatever. But we kind of, you know, the, 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 the 20th century kind of stuck us all in this industrial age thinking where everyone's, you know, overly specialized in one specific thing. And that's all you're allowed to do. You know, it's kind of we're, we need to go from being vertical to being more lateral in all of our thinking and how we approach things. Yes, very well said. I could definitely resonate with that a lot personally. There's there's times where I feel like I need to put myself in a specific box just because, as you said, society nowadays, nowadays tends to to value that to a certain extent. But at the same time, I, I think, as you said, we really do need to start thinking in, in a broader sense that people aren't necessarily experts in one thing. They often have a variety of different skill sets that make up who they are. And I think this is a great lesson for artists to know is that it really is a matter of tapping into these individual skill sets that make up you and figuring out, okay, how can these skill sets perhaps help other people? Yeah. And not just the skill sets, also the life experiences that you had. Like, for example, I moved in this money mindset work because I frankly learned a lot of financial things the hard way, you know? So basically that kind of, I don't want to help, I want to help other people not, you know, get in that same situation if I can, you know, use my experience where don't, you know, don't fall into the trap of doing what such and such might've told you to do. Cause sometimes there are, there are some shark type people in the financial services industry who can lead you astray in the wrong direction and so forth. So it's all about, you know, tapping into and really understanding your relationship with money. Cause one thing I found is um, after my father passed away, I had more than I, you know, I had, I thought I could afford to be a starving artist. And all I did was run out of that money really fast. So, yeah, you know, it's about tapping into that, you know, your relationship with money and understanding, you know, how can you, um, how can I use that experience to help other people with their relationship with money? 
and I like realized, for example, like I was a nurturer. I kind of had this habit of, you know, taking care of other people and just, you know, spending it fast. And so how can I change that habit and put it in a positive light? For example, like how can I help people that doesn't involve using money? You know, that's one example of some, some way I help some clients who have similar issues, you know, talk it through their, you know, relationship with money so they don't make those similar types of decisions. And, you know, they're in a more empowered position using what otherwise might seem like a weakness when it comes to money. Yeah. Yeah, it's very well said and and so important for for all of us to know. So with that said, we are talking a lot about, okay, how can actors find themselves valuable? How can they also pursue money at the same time as pursuing artistic dreams? And that, that this kind of goes along with the next question. How can artists earn money without sacrificing the time devoted to their craft. I think that to go off what you were saying, I think that uh, a lot of artists do try to find a a job that has some flexibility with regards to time, but depending on situations, sometimes artists need to take a full-time job. And so with that said, how is it a matter of scheduling time each day to work on the craft? Is it figuring out some sort of system that works for a specific individual? How can artists really work on their craft and earn money on the side at the same time in order to create something that's sustainable? Well, it depends on, you know, what you're comfortable doing and what your skill sets are and so forth. You know, there's always, there's a product or service you can create where you create it once and then you leave it and then people could say, go to your website and pay for it or whatever, whether it be writing a book or writing something else and having some other kind of product or service people would pay for. Or if it's like an online course or something, you do the work and then it's, you know, a self, it could be a self-sustaining income opportunity. So don't be afraid to be open to those kinds of things because, you know, passive income, you know, it can be a good thing where you're making money while you're sleeping. Those, those opportunities are out there. You just got to be open to them. And then, you know, another thing is to think about, you know, other people you could be of service to. There's always someone with your expertise and your knowledge that could, you know, benefit if you just let them know what you're doing and you can just create some kind of solution to one of their problems that they're having. There's so many world problems out there that we as actors and artists can, you know, really solve if we just put our mind to it and we are not afraid to put ourselves out there and let people know we're offering it. Yes. I So much of, I, I think, the underlying theme of this whole conversation has been like thinking outside of the box and really recognizing your worth as an actor, as an artist. Definitely. And another thing is just letting go of the idea of shame. Like there's a lot of shaming culture that's kind of gone on. And so many of us have been in situations where we had teachers or directors. It's like, you're standing there in a rehearsal waiting for the instruction on what to do. And, but instead they're criticizing you for not already doing the instruction you were waiting for them to give you. You know, it's like, we're kind of, we're hardwired to kind of be afraid of what people might think, whether it be as a result of making money or having success and so forth. And so we got to like, you know, not be afraid to let go of that mindset and just be open to the possibility and just embrace it and have gratitude for everything. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for taking your time to, to join us on the actor cast. I not only appreciate you taking the time to join us on the show, But as I said before, I just, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. It's so important for actors, for artists to have someone like you that can help advise them on how to approach their lives in a, and their crafts from a different mindset, from a different perspective. One 
that is abundant, one that values wealth, one that values the business side of things as well. And so thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for having me. You know, really, I just love letting people know it doesn't take luck to change your life and have the career you want, just the desire to really grow. Where can our listeners find out more information about you and your work? Yeah, my website is thelucrativeartist.com. That's all one word. And then I have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash lucrative artist, and I have an Instagram, and you can find me on Twitter. And I'm also getting active in Clubhouse. And if you heard of that new app, it's Oh, I have I have heard about Clubhouse. Yeah, it's a fun one. It's almost like it might put those archaic instant teleseminars out of business someday. <laughs> Great. That's well, to people. So I'm put, offering some things on there, and you know I'm also going to be putting out some other opportunities and you know other website or there other things on my website. So feel free to check it out and you know sign up for my mailing list to get the updates. Great. Well, for our listeners out there, I will link all of these various resources in the show notes. All you have to do is scroll in those show notes, click those links provided, highly recommend checking it out. Brian, on your website, I know you have a wide variety of of different programs and options available for those checking it out. So highly recommend doing so. And I guess before we head out, Brian, I'm just wondering if you have any parting words of advice when it comes to actors and and business acumen yeah just you know half the battle it's or most of the battle is really between your ears you know the mechanics of business and all those fancy you know jumbo number things and all that that <laughs> takes care of itself once you get the right mindset and you know exactly what you want so embrace what you want and go at it full force and you know just take that first step and the next step will reveal it have faith that each step will keep showing and you'll get there Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ActorCast. I really hope that you got a lot of information from Brian and that you are able to implement some of the mindsets that he was talking about in this episode, specifically around your artistry, specifically around your finances and the business approach to your creative endeavors. So Brian, thank you so much for joining us on the show. If you liked this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. I would really appreciate it. It really goes a long way into getting the word out there about ActorCast and spreading the messages to more artists out there like yourselves. So please be sure to leave us a review, share it with a friend, and let us know your thoughts. If you haven't already done so, head to ActorCast.fm to learn more information about the podcast, sign up for our newsletter, join our membership. And until next episode, it's time to go out and create.